As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And unfortunately, as I record this episode, uh, Jason's not available as a byproduct of uh, all our loyal listeners will know that he was he got quite sick and he still has some maintenance work that he has to uh, get done a couple times a week. So he uh, he was not able to uh, to get done with that in time to join us. But he's he, he's excited to hear. Uh, I told him a little bit about our guest that we have tonight, and uh, he's pretty excited to hear this episode. So he, he'll he get to be a fan just like you guys. <laughs> so uh, I just want to remind everybody that if you do have a story or a sighting, whether it's a ghost, a UFO, a dog man, a angry troll, or a Bigfoot, you know, whatever it is, and you want to share it with us, you can find us on Facebook at the From the Shadows podcast page or our forum page, which is After the Shadows. Or you can find me on Instagram at Shane Grove uh, Author or the From the Shadows Instagram page. And the easiest way is just go to our website, uh, com. Go to the contact link. Send us an email. And I will get back a hold of you. Um, so uh, the guest I'm, that we have tonight, I feel fortunate that uh, I came across this gentleman's story on a, on a on a Bigfoot forum and reached out to him, and I got to uh, I got to have a nice conversation with him and hear about his experience. And it's so good that 
we had we had to have him on, and and I feel blessed that he agreed to come on. So, uh, welcome to the program, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> now, don't hey, don't be nervous. It's you know the spotlights the spotlights on you. Don't be nervous. It's okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Dave. So, Dave, let's let, let's just. Um, Let's just get right into right into your encounter. Kind of tell everybody when it took place, where it took place, and just like you know, just like we talked, kind of set up the area and you know the weather and stuff, and and what happened sure. with your encounter. Sure. Um, well, I mean, that was uh, me and my two brothers uh, decided to do a hunting trip and. 2005 in the Sawtooth Mountains of Idaho. Um, we have hunted in this area quite often, so we knew the terrain and the mountains. And we decided to take a week off, which was the end of October, the last week of October. And uh, I mean, the ultimate hunting for us was to have a lot of snow drop down on us. We were camped at 6,000 feet. And uh, I mean, the peaks around us were anywhere from eight to 9,000 feet high. And, uh, you know, it, uh, the more snow that dumps down on you, the, uh, the, the deer will come piling out and in single file and you have a good chance of getting a, you know, a, a mule deer buck. But, uh, it was, it was just towards the end of the week. There's a big storm coming in and we were really excited because you could tell it was going to dump some snow. And we'd heard that it was a big storm coming off the West coast. So, uh, that, that mean at least a foot and a half to two feet up, way up high above 6,000. So uh, there was a little bit of snow up there to begin with uh, during the week, but not enough to move the animals around. Uh, so anyway, that that morning, I mean, I was up early and, and uh, I needed to get to a spot where I wanted to hunt. My two brothers, they... They had their little special place they wanted to go, and it was all separate. Uh, we had radios, but we never used them unless it was an emergency to talk to each other. So, you know, it was uh, keep quiet, and if you hear a shot, then hopefully somebody would get on the radio and need some help to come help back one out. But um, that day was with the wind was blowing and the snowing, but real hard so it, it was difficult to hear a lot of things going on but anyway i i hunt in this area it's called i call it the bowl and uh it uh you can imagine a bowl that's like up to 1500 you know yards wide and in diameter and my goal was to get to the top of this bowl and look into it and the deer they like to come out of that high country and they come down into that bowl and and meander their way out down through the creek which leads to a bigger creek and a river but anyway it's it's one of the starting points of this area so i got up there before before daylight which is what i wanted 
And it was a long walk. I mean, from six to 8,000 feet into the snow at that time where I was at was just under the kneecap probably. So I was pushing snow with my legs. It was getting tiring. I was stopping all the time, but, uh, anyway, as the sun was rising, uh, I was peeking up over the top and it just, everything was completely white. And I mean, anything that's moving, you're going to see it, you know, if the deer was with a thousand yards away, you'd see a deer move because the trees were, were completely white rocks were covered, stumps were covered. There wasn't anywhere where there wasn't any snow. I mean, even under the trees, there was snow because of the wind was blowing the, the drifts and it was a, it wasn't a wet snow. It was a dry snow. So anything that was walking through the snow, you wouldn't be able to tell what it was because it wouldn't, the snow would just cover it right back up as you were walking through it. But, um, got up there on top of that ridge of the bowl and was looking at it. And I seen something that was, it was across from me about 600 yards that, from one of the hogbacks that comes down from that bowl. And, uh, well, it, it caught my eye pretty quick because it, it was black and, uh, was sticking out in the open. Um, and, uh, it, to me, my first thought it was a bear sitting there and, and, uh, it was awfully big to be a bear just with the naked eye. So I'd put the binoculars up to it and I, you know, I, couldn't believe what I was seeing at that time. It was, this thing was way bigger than a bear and it was sitting on its butt with his knees up, you know, like, just like a human would be. And his arms were rested on his knees. And I, I mean, my first thought is what the hell is this? You know, I, just, I was brought up to, you know, I've, I don't look for Bigfoot. I don't, I didn't say, I don't say that I don't believe in them. I've heard a lot of stories, but I, I just don't go out looking for them. That wasn't my thing. And, you know, dad had raised us three boys to, you know, to hunt for deer, elk, and the animals that you can eat. And uh, we never once come across anything like this during my bringing up. So, it was a complete startle for me. I, I, uh, wanted to get on the radio and tell my brothers, but, uh, when I was crossing one of the creeks, I'd dump my radio in the, in the water. So it wasn't working. And so I couldn't tell anybody what was going on and I didn't want to move. Uh, I was laying down at this in the snow at the time of the top of that ridge. And I just sat there and watched him for a long time. It seemed like an eternity, which it, it was. It, um, this thing uh, was looking down the hill, so it was facing sideways to me. And you could, I mean, just looking at it through the binoculars at 500 yards away is, is you can see every feature on this thing. And um, it, it was a... It was just amazing just uh, to see it sitting there. And I mean, my hunting deer just stopped right there. Uh, I was in tune to watching this creature. 
you know, on the side of the hill looking down. And so I, I didn't know what to do. I, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to play this one out. I'm going to watch it and, uh, see what it does. And, um, every once in a while it would turn its head towards me and the wind was coming up from the canyon going up into the bowl blowing right in blowing right at it and the wind would blow the hair back out of its face and boy i tell you what i the hair would make you stand up on the back of your head just looking at this thing's face i mean the mouth was looked like he could swallow a grapefruit uh or at least get it in its mouth pretty easy the you know it, it the the nose on it was was big um the eyebrows or the above the eyes stuck out it was really i don't know stuck out enough to where it looked like a guy with the brim hat kind of but not not quite that far out i mean that's over exaggerating but at least you know that he had some kind of an indentation there in the forehead and his eyes were uh a mean mean looking you know it looked uh looked like it was uh a very intense creature looking down from where it was sitting and uh you know, and that would turn his head the other way and the hair would blow around its face. It it had long hair from the from the side of the head down to its shoulders. Um you could tell it had a neck, but not a not much of one until it turned its head. And you you could oh you know, I could see the throat on this thing. You could see it swallow. Uh, it had something in its mouth and it would take its finger and and go inside and move something around i don't know what it was chewing on or if it was trying to get something caught between its teeth or something i watched it do that for a while um it would flip it out and uh, it yawned on me it had a great big old yawn i mean that mouth was as big as your hand and uh you know i'd I'd often, when I came back and told my brothers about this, I never went into a lot of details and they never really asked. They did believe me, but you know, the, the whole thing was, is, is that, uh, the details really stuck into with me, the more and the longer I thought about everything that was going on. I, I estimate I was watching it for at least two hours. And, uh, I mean, I was so amazed by what it was doing and, and how it was acting. I, I know that there was no other hunters up there because we were all alone down below where we were camped. And I did wonder how somebody could get up there so quick when I did see it first time. And, and I knew it wasn't a bear. Um, I figured, you know, how could anybody get up here this quick and why would they wear a ghillie suit? Um, I mean, a lot of things went on through my mind while I, when I first seen this thing and, and, uh, I had no intentions of, of really, uh, I guess firing a gun at it because there was, there was, that it was senseless. I didn't even think about it, but I know at one time that 
that uh, it might have been a good idea to do that just to see it get up and walk away, maybe. But uh, I got this idea that, you know, this thing didn't know I was there. And he had no idea was there. And so this whole time I'm thinking, you know what, I can sneak up on this thing. And that's what that's what I planned on doing. So, you know, I wasn't scared of it. I wasn't. Uh, uh, I might have been a little worried, but I was not scared at, at all. And it wasn't because I had a gun. It was just because I had the advantage of sneaking up on it. It didn't know I was there. The only problem I had to make sure was, is during the time I was sneaking up that I wasn't, you know, in the wind from it, that it would smell me. Um, I had a couple of windows of opportunity because the, the, uh, the clouds would come up from the bottom, I guess, or fog banks would come up every once in a while. And you couldn't, you couldn't see anything after that. Uh, you couldn't see 10 feet in front of you when it got to that point. But so I decided on the next fog bank, I was going to get off the top of this ridge, run down into the bowl and come back up on the other side of him. And it took me about an hour to do that. And uh, that's what I did. I I got into the snow and I got around him and I I knew I knew exactly where I needed to be to come out at where I would be within 60 yards of him. And I knew that if that was any other animal, it would be there unless something spooked it out of there, you know, right? So I got there and and it took me, like I said, an hour to get up over the side of it. And I peeked up over some rocks just to barely, you know, just to look to see if it was there. The wind was right. Um, so I know it could have smelled me, but it was, it was gone. It wasn't there. It was completely gone. And so I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to peek up over the top of this rock out, rock outcropping too much. I'm just going to sit here and look around me, make sure that it didn't get up and go to another place and sit down. Um, I did that for about an hour and then finally I peeked up over the hill a little bit more and watched the area. I glassed out through the trees and stuff. I'd seen where it had been sitting. I seen where it had looked like it walked away back into the tree. So I knew it was in the tree somewhere, but I didn't know where. I sat there for another hour waiting for it. And I thought, you know, there's, it's got to be there somewhere. It's he's there. Yeah. He could maybe, maybe he got curious and seen me, but I highly doubt it. Uh, um, I mean, these were weather conditions that every hunter, well, around here loves is a fresh snowstorm with fresh tracks and, and the deer won't move until it's all stopped. And then the, pretty soon all the animals will start coming out and the chipmunks and the, you know, and the birds will start out. And, and then, then you got more problems because you got more animals walking around trying to tell the rest of them, you know, that you're here, there's a human out here. Right. So anyway, I, I did, I decided to walk closer to this area and, and I couldn't for life of me, I see nothing, but 
down below where this thing was work was looking that whole time there was five hit of deer down there they were probably 80 yards from him or her whatever you want to call it um uh this uh deer looked like they'd been sitting there all night because of the storm um they had pretty much packed down all the snow around them so i don't i didn't it didn't look like that they were scared at all and with this bigfoot i guess being gone I decided I wasn't going to go tramsing down through the snow after it and follow its tracks. I didn't, I didn't really want to, uh, I wanted to keep hunting. Um, but, uh, that, you know, was just what I wanted to do for myself. I didn't, I just didn't see the point of going after it. I, it was enough for me just to see it the way it was out in the wilderness like that. And so after I seen the deer, I thought, well, there's, there's a buck somewhere around here because they're all sitting in one spot waiting for the buck to come along. And so I'd sit in there for a little bit longer and watch these deer. And I, I tried to walk around them and they must've, they must've smelled me at the time. Cause then they decided to, to take off and they went up the hill, uh, diagonally across from where that, that, uh, Bigfoot had went. And so I got to the top of the ridge and the deer, the deer must have, well, there, there was a buck on top of that ridge, but he, he already seen me and he took off. So then I think the rest of the deer took off, but I did try following him for a lot longer. Um, I, you know, the whole time I kept thinking, you know, what, why was this thing there and and how come I'd never seen it before? I, I've hunted this area, you know, enough to know the area real well and know where I was at. And I don't know. I, there's a lot of unanswered questions, but I originally got on this site to find out if there'd been any other hunters or outdoorsmen that have been in this area where I could exchange stories and maybe they had come up with the same thing, but you know, obviously it, I haven't gotten an answer from anybody yet, but anyway, on my way out, it was this whole time. It was, it was getting a little late, but just walking out on a trail, heading back towards camp. I was probably an hour away from camp and I uh, noticed Something was following me, kinda. You could tell. You'd hear the 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 tree limbs break off of a tree, um, and that was unusual to me because I kept turning around looking to see what that was. I figured it wasn't a deer. I figured it was a herd of elk, and they wanted out of there, and and I was in their way is what I thought at first. Um. But then you could hear the, the, the sound of, of feet hitting the ground. And then I knew it was close. And so I'd turn around and stand there for a while. I, I mean, I stood there in a place where this thing would have to come out and, and uh, come at me. And it never did. It never would. It, it just stayed far enough away from me to, um, to where I couldn't see it. Uh, 
it was kind of, I guess, uh, at that point, it was getting a little scary to me. Uh, like, it, it, I could tell it wanted me out of there. It didn't want me to, to be there anymore. I mean, I'd turn and walk away, and it would break another limb to let me know. I'm thinking it was letting me know that, <laughs> hey, I'm still here, you know. <laughs> To keep walking, it is like make sure you, you kept on walking. Yeah, um, so it was it was a cat and mouse game, and this time he had the upper hand. He knew I was there, but how long did how long did this thing know I was there? That's my question. How did it know that uh, it must have seen me? I guess when I got to where it was sitting at, I'm thinking it was the same one. Sometimes I believe there was more than one because that thing was gone when I got there. I mean, I've done a lot of archery hunting. I've called in a lot of animals. I know how the wind is. I know how the uh, the animals react. Uh, I know. I know. I've been hunting for over forty some years, so I've been in this situations before with animals but never something like this and it just uh even a bear uh, you know you could sneak up on a bear and a bear has got one of the best noses there is but if you the wind is right and the and the weather is right and you have the opportunity you can sneak up on just about any animal if you know it's there and they don't know you're coming you know but that is just it, is knowing that you have the upper hand and you know the animal's there and you know what to do and you're good at it. You know, you can do those things. But I did have the opportunity and, and I just don't understand how it could have not, how it knew I was coming. It had to have known I was coming. I, there was no reason because the deer were still there. The deer were still there down the bottom. And if this thing likes to eat deer, it was waiting for an opportunity. Maybe maybe there was another one circling in it or something. The deer, I, I have all these unanswered questions because I listen to a lot of people talk. A lot of hunters talk about their situations. Uh, so anyway, I, I headed out down the trail. Um, and it did the same thing all the time. And it got to the point where, you know, okay, I'm leaving. I pulled out my flashlight because it was dark. And uh, I didn't see no beady eyes and I didn't see, but I knew he was there. He was still breaking branches. Like, I mean, it, it was almost like he was there. These tree branches on the bottom of these pine trees are dead. And I know as soon as you grab one and pull it down, it makes a certain noise. It wasn't being hit against a tree because that's a different noise of a tree limb breaking, right? Because like, you know, like a bat hitting a tree versus breaking one off the tree. So he was breaking them off the tree. And, uh, you know, and then to top it all off, I couldn't get a hold of my brothers. Uh, My radio was dead. Uh, So I, I, Walked on on out, and I think when I got to within, I don't know, a couple hundred yards of the camp, I'd never heard nothing of it. But I got back down to camp, and 
you know, I had a shot of whiskey, which made me feel a little warm because I was pretty cold there for a while. But, you know, um, I did tell my brothers about the story and and uh, they believe me. They do. And every once in a while, we'll talk about it again. And I'll tell them about certain things that that happened. And and they would say, well, why didn't you tell us that? You know, why didn't you tell us that part? Why didn't you tell me that part? He said that that's awesome. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, we went back up that area that next day. You could see the tree limbs that were broken. I never mentioned that before, but you could see the tree limbs where they were broke. And some of them were high enough. You couldn't reach it. You couldn't reach them. And we weren't looking high enough. At first, we were just looking at ones that were where we could reach. And my brother mentioned it that earlier that, that uh, well, there's one clear up there broke. Looks like it was a freshly broke tree limb. I said, Wow. You know, I never got to see how tall this thing was, but I got to see how big it was when it was sitting down. And it was way bigger than a bear sitting on its butt, you know, at 500 yards away. Because I kind of knew it wasn't a bear when I first seen it with the naked eye, but I didn't know for sure. But, you know, this thing had character. This thing had a personality, just like your dog or like your, your pet. You know, it has a per- it had a personality, but uh, when it yawned, it must have been up all night. What I was thinking, it must have been watching these deer all night, waiting for an opportunity, or maybe it just wasn't hungry and thought, "Here's my chance at something," and I'm not going to kill one of those deer right now. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to think for it, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh there's there's a lot of little things that happen that that make me really believe that this thing was really a bigfoot i'd never really wanted to tell this story until the last three years since 2019 to like i am right now i mean i don't even tell my best friend because I'm afraid of the ridicule, you know, but, uh, but I, I, I I don't, I mean, listen, there's thousands of people right now that have just heard you tell the story and they think you are probably one of the luckiest people they've, they've heard because I'm going to tell you, I have not heard of too many people that had the opportunity to sit there for that long and observe, you know, one of these creatures and really get to, to study it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like the detail, you know, like the, you know, what the face looked like and the hair and, you know, sit there and watch it in a situation where it doesn't know you're watching it. That's the, that's the amazing thing is, 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 mm-hmm. Because I, I do feel like a lot of the stories we hear is these things, unless you catch it totally by surprise, it only lets you see it if it wants you to see it, you yeah. know? And just like you said, if you, you knew it was following you out of the woods, but you still couldn't see it. And, you know, you, you kind of ask 
out loud, um, you know, why hadn't you ever seen this before? Well, had you been up in this area under the same weather conditions before? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. It, 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 was see, like a, it, it see to me that's that's to me that's maybe why you saw it because it it, it struck such a uh, striking difference to the surroundings that it stuck out like a sore thumb, for lack of a better term. You know, yeah. like it blend. It, Typically, you know, what people say is they blend in so well with their surroundings that they're hard to see. And I mean, maybe you you just right time, right place and the right conditions to allow you to see it. So did it ever cross your mind then how many other times you'd been up there and didn't know that it was probably watching you or or knew you were there? Yeah, it did. It, it made me wonder a lot because there's a lot of area up there that, you know, a lot of people don't go into. There's no trail up there. Um, there's trails down below, but only a, there's no high mountain lakes in that area. So there's really no reason for a person to go up there other than a miner. A miner would go up there in search of gold to to try to pan for. I, I've I've seen that, uh, but um, there's no other reason, and that's why there's so many deer up there um, because they're away. But I mean, I've learned from experience and hunting this area where the deer will come down at and why. And why they come down through there, and when they come down through there, and obviously this Bigfoot knows the same thing. It's his house. It's his, you know, it's his <laughs> yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, you know, he knows. He knows too. So, uh, which, which is really weird because I should have seen a lot of deer sitting in that bowl that morning, and I didn't. But. I sat there, you know, for two hours watching this thing, and I didn't cross any tracks when I was sneaking up on this thing. And I walked clear through that bowl just about and come up from the side of the hogback and from behind him. And, you know, obviously this thing thought the same way I did. It had to have. It Maybe this wasn't his home. Maybe this – he. He was coming from another area, but yeah, I've always thought, you know, this thing obviously knows the area well. It's been up there, so he he knew where where to go, uh, you know. And and maybe there isn't a lot of human uh, people, I guess, up there or walking around. There's no reason for people to be up there. Um, so it probably feels safe, I guess, or, and that's probably why it pushed me out. You know, you listen, you don't, I don't want you here. I'm not going to show you who I am, but, um, that's another question in my mind here is, uh, he obviously, if, if I just come walking from that trail and I didn't even go the route I took. Let's just say I walk up that trail early in the morning and then walk back the trail. 
that I come back on, would that thing really have tried to push me out? Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If yeah. if I'd have taken another route to go hunting that morning, would just your, went up. Would your experience have been different than like somebody else, like a lot of other people's experience where? When he would just sat on the top of the ridge and watched me walk by. So he's seen me somehow. He's seen me somewhere up there. I know he did. He had to have seen me. I just don't know how he did it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, there was two of them. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm not a hunter. I'm not hanging out in terrain like that. So I'm trying to use my imagination like, you know, an hour to me, that's a long time moving around from one spot to the next, even through like deep s- snow. So it's like, man, that's a lot of time to be basically exposed to it or if it's had a buddy out there to see you. I mean, that's that's the only thing I can figure is that, you know, that time was was more than long enough for, for it to you know, it or another one to see you, you know, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. and then alert uh, and alert them and, and let them get out of there, you know, but the deer obviously did not. Now, did the deer not move because they didn't see you either? Or do you think they just didn't move because they knew that thing, even though it got up and walked from its spot, it was still sitting well, there in the wood line. And it was close they, enough to get them. I think they smelled me, but when I was above them where that Bigfoot was, they didn't know I was there. I mean, you can look straight down on them. You're, you're at a, a, the grade from where he was sitting to down to where it was steep. Steep enough to where you could have got on your butt and slid down to them. Holy moly, okay. On your butt. So that's how steep it was. And, and me as a hunter, I, I would have probably pushed him out of the 
crick if there was a buck there i would have pushed him out of the crick and made him go up the side of the hill and then took a shot at him i would have that way i didn't have to haul him out of that crick but uh maybe that's what he was thinking too I, but from what i understand they can just carry him on the side of their yeah their that's what it seems like. <laughs> so yeah. so you were so you were so he was 500 yards away from you like across this thing but how much up how much higher up than him were you? Um, when I first seen him, I was probably, I couldn't have been no more than 50 yards higher than he was. I was looking down on him a little bit, um, but not a whole lot. So, um, I mean, with the naked eye in that, in that terrain and the snow and everything, it was easy to spot. It was just one one look through everywhere, and you you seen something that just didn't look right, right out in the middle of the snow. And you know he was he was uh, he had to have been between us. There was a bunch of trees, and I would say uh, the trees were closer to me than they were him. He was out in the middle, like a sore thumb, like you were saying. Uh, uh, it was just. That's what I couldn't believe is why this thing is stuck out in the open like that. It, it is. I thought these things were really smart, you know, from what <laughs> I've learned. But they they are. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying that's why I believe I'd got the upper hand on it. I I just knew it didn't see me, and if it did, and, and I didn't want to shoot my gun. Uh, yeah, if I'd have shot my gun, it obviously would have moved. It would it would turn his head and look at me and found a way to get out of there before. But I had no intentions of doing that because I think my first thought was, I want to see how close I can get to this thing. I want to get close to it. I want it to see me sneak up on it. I want it. I wanted to come up on top of that rocky little cliff that I was going to that I came up on within 60 yards away. I wanted to see it really close, and then I was my plan was just to stand up there and stare right at it, but that that didn't happen, you know. But that's what I wanted. I did. I don't carry a camera. I, I do now. I, I carry a camera that I put in my sock in my, my backpack, so it'll keep warm, and that way the battery don't die in it. I mean, I can't afford no no high tech uh, camera of any sort, but I can carry one with me that. I know it'll take good pictures for me, but at the time I I had no use of taking a camera. I mean, I'd, if I shoot a nice animal, I just take it back to camp and show it off to my brothers. You know, we, you know, I and I and I don't know if you said the year, but this was like what two thousand five, right? Yeah. So, so this was long before probably everybody really had cell phones on them all the time. And yeah, to take pictures and video and stuff because there's probably somebody out there in their car smacking the dashboard, going, "Why didn't you take video? <laughs> Why didn't you take video?" You know, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, it's before before the time. Although, I mean, I don't want to make you feel bad. You probably could have taken the best video and pictures ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I know, but all the time I do. I think about it all the time. But it's it's you know? funny. It's funny though. It's like ever since the Patterson Gimlin film, it's almost like these 
these things kind of made a deal with the universe. Like, you know what? We'll leave people alone, but but universe, you get you can't let them get a good picture or video of us. And yeah, <laughs> you know, I've, I, I've kind of sensed that, uh, and just listening to other people talk, and 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 the thing is, I I have a cell phone. Um, I even my camera, and but there's no way in heck you're going to get a good picture of of a bull elk coming right at you and you're going to have time to pull out a camera and start taking a picture of it unless you've already got it on you know there are people there's guys out there that have their cameras already on and and they they film some really good pictures of bull elk coming in because they're bugling and everything but they're they know what's going to happen right well when you're out doing what i did you don't know when you know the this creature is going to come out from behind a rock or a tree. And unless your camera's on 24 seven, right. I mean, yeah. and then I think you're going to have good pictures. I just, I've, I've never seen good pictures, but I know, I know they're there. I know there's, there's guys that, that uh, wish they would have had a camera, then turn around and say, well, if I had a camera, it probably wouldn't have been a very good picture to begin with. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's probably the last thing. I mean, when you run into something that's not really supposed to be there, I think the first reaction is, ooh, I need to, I, I need to save my butt, not get a good picture. I mean, if you, yeah. if you, if you walk around the corner and there's a bear sitting there, is that the first thing you're going to think of? Oh, I need to take a picture of this. Nobody's going to believe on my Instagram story that this yeah. <laughs> that this bear was, was was there. Like you know, no, you're you're thinking oh, I got to get out of here. I got to make sure that I don't get caught. Or um, and the other thing I thought as you were telling this is it, it's probably a good thing your radio was uh, not working because if you'd have got on it to call your brothers. I can't believe that thing couldn't have hurt, wouldn't have heard you talking. Probably you know, so. Because that wouldn't have been, I mean, it's probably so tuned to the noises and stuff and the sounds of nature that anything that wasn't uh, something it was used to would have probably most definitely got its attention immediately and gave your, gave your position away and gave, you know, gave that you were, that you were even there away. So, well, I mean, I, to me, I just, th I think this story is so amazing because of the opportunity that you had to sit there and really, really look at this thing and study it. I mean, I think that is, that's, it's probably one of the most amazing stories I've heard in that regard. Yeah. I mean, the, the opportunity for me was, is putting the binoculars up to it and, watching it turn its head uh and the wind blowing the hair out of its face you know and it was just like what the hell is this thing doing here what wh where did that come from well uh, what is that that almost looks like a hairy guy sitting up there and, and with a with a great big huge nose and a and a mouth it uh you know it was just huge um my gosh it is the head was the size of a basketball or better I, i'm pretty sure and and i didn't see no ears on the on it at all it didn't i couldn't tell that it had ears but 
um you know it you know it 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 just acted like a person but it acted like a person with a lot of patience because it sat in that snow and i know it had to be cold because i was cold but i was dressed for it you know i was dressed to lay in the snow i knew i was in the snow and i was going to be in a blizzard i knew i was where i was going and i was going to most likely be sitting down or laying down this whole time watching all the animals come through this bowl so i didn't uh wasn't prepared to to build a fire or or anything i was just prepared to shoot a deer and and uh call my brothers and we'd come come get it out you know drag it out down the trail but that didn't happen none of that happened it just um and just I just keep seeing that you watch something for two hours and it just it's glued inside my part of my brain that and my wife gets tired of hearing it and <laughs> she goes, you need to talk to somebody and so so uh, okay <laughs> well so you know so you've lived with this for quite a while and, and thought about it if you went hunting in the same exact circumstance happened, what would you do differently? If any, um, well, um, I don't know that I would do anything differently. Uh, I figured I took the best way possible. The only other, my second choice was I was going to fire a gun just to fire the gun, not at it, but just to see it get up and move. But um, two things would have happened. Yeah, it would have got up and moved. But then so would all the deer. If there was any deer around, I would not have a chance to shoot a deer. So, you know, I, I live off deer. So I, I that's um, that that was hard to make that decision should i see the ultimate thing and watch this thing get up and walk or run or come at me or or disappear into the woods and never see it again or 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 should i because of the conditions of the weather that were in my favor and i was higher than a, like your ass but it to me it didn't matter but i i just i was uh, the the wind was in my favor there was no chipmunks out there was no birds chirping there was no alarms for this thing to hear that a human was close by all the alarms were tucked away inside their little holes and the the birds were in their tree and everything was hidden they were all waiting even the deer were in there down in the creek getting away from this storm and as soon as it was over then then it was the, the you know the it was everything was going to come back to life you know and i wanted to get to this point on the other side of this bigfoot before the weather changed too much i needed that fog bank to come in i needed i needed it to be cold i needed it to keep snowing off and on so i could get around it and that's what puzzles me is i did everything in the book but didn't work out right but i did get to see this thing for two hours probably 
and it was quite an amazing deal it was to me it just um you know like i said it it's it was like watching a like bigfoot sitting there passing the time of day watching deer uh, and doing what they do i guess i don't know what they do uh, <laughs> Well, now you know. Now you know what they feel like when they see you out there hunting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, they, they probably sit and have watched you and your brothers uh, do the same thing. You know, yawn. You know, scratch their head. You know, look around. Uh, yeah, exactly. I do. I do have to say um, the fact that you said you're you couldn't decide whether you to stay and watch that the one of earth's greatest mysteries or scare off the deer because you wanted to shoot a deer i would have to say that's probably a sign of a true hunter right there that you were <laughs> that you were still um i don't know how i could fit that on a t-shirt to say i'm uh, i'm i'm the world's greatest hunter because i you know whatever <laughs> couldn't decide whether to <laughs> skip. Well, there's I mean, there's another factor there too, and and that's the, the misses here. You know, I <laughs> I spend so much money to for gas and and food to go up somewhere, and and I sneak the bottle of whiskey up there, you know, to to have a drink or two. But I can only spend so much money, and I better come back with something because you know we we need to feed the the kids the family so uh, <laughs> well look there's people out there that <clears throat> will hear this and think you know screw the deer you could have shot <laughs> that thing and you could have fed a lot of you know yeah, money that probably. you could have fame and fortune but but then who knows maybe you'd have shot it and a black helicopter would have come up over the uh over the next mountain and a government some government agents would have, uh, you know, tied a rope around it and took off with it and said, you never yeah. saw anything, you know? Yeah. So where would I be then? There'd be I, no in that whole area after that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, there, there, I did, I, there was a couple other things I wanted to ask. I mean, so the thing was bought just jet black or did it appear black from across there or was it a different color a little bit when you got to look look at it through the binoculars well it was black um there might have been there might have been some brown around its shoulders but for the most part it was the, the skin was black his his face where there was no hair his cheeks um was black eyebrows were really a dark looking mess up there and the back of his head was all matted <clears throat> and black i didn't i didn't notice there might have been a brown tint on there somewhere on the on maybe the ends of the hairs probably um but for the most part it was a dark color um all the way around uh it looked like he had his winter coat on to me you know i'm just saying i it had a lot of hair on it and you know but you know you it was uh, you could see the muscles on his below his knee you could see it on his calf you could you could tell you know when he raised his 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 uh, arm and his put his finger in his mouth to 
pull something out, whatever it was, or it was lodged in his teeth. Uh, I mean, you, you could, his elbows would, it, it reminded me when I seen that right there, it reminded me of a, of a 350 pound, uh, uh, lineman playing football, sitting there on the bench with, with the shoulder, <laughs> with the pads on and everything. I mean, just pure muscle sitting there and I wouldn't want to mess with it. You know, I just, that's what I thought is, geez, that thing is huge. It's look how you couldn't even get two hands around that, that thigh. There's just no way. Yeah. Or four hands. This guy's huge. He's just, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I played college football, with some guys that ended up in the NFL and you, you know, they were freaks of nature. Okay. And, but everything, you know, you're talking like six, five guys that were 285 and nothing but muscle. And when I, when I hear, and I knew you, you know, I know firsthand what those guys can do mm-hmm. face to face, you know, what they can do to you on a football field, on a football field, yeah. or even just messing around in the locker room. Um, I can't wrap my head around what something a foot bigger, a foot bigger than that, and twice, you know, two, three hundred pounds more than that could do. Like, so I'm just like letting anybody out there know that's listening that has never been around guys like guys like that that uh-huh. you know are of the professional uh, athletic variety. You're you're not going to do anything to that no. animal no. that's that big no matter what you think. And I don't know that a gun, because some of these guys came from backgrounds where I'm pretty sure they'd been shot or stabbed maybe once, once or twice, and that never stopped those guys. Either. Right. You wouldn't so, even want to gun at them. So, yeah, you know. so I, I'm not sure what any animal that size could. I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just feel like... Um, I just this feel like you're been thinking something. I don't know what it was thinking, but so you, uh, so you, so you're pretty much in the camp that you, you know, you were. It was flesh and blood sitting there. It was an animal of some sort, but that it wasn't all animal. Like I think, I think from talking to you, you think it had some sort of a little bit more of intelligence than just a bear or a, something like that sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've I co- I've come to the ca- that conclusion, you know, partly when I was sitting there watching it in the snow. I could tell it just just the the way it moved its head, and there there was sometimes it moved its head and it did a double take, like it thought it seen something and turned its head back and looked again, but it wasn't looking at me. It was looking, uh, at a different location, you know? And so I would point the binoculars over in that area to see what was going on. Cause I was, I was hoping to see another one is what I was hoping. If I did see another one, I would not have done what I've done. I wouldn't have, I would have probably stood up and made myself visible in front of it at 500 yards away and let it see me from that distance and then probably got out of there. But I didn't know that there was two of them. And I, at this point in time, I, I don't, 
I kind of think there was, but I can't prove it. I, I can't prove that there was two of them or, or three of them. I just know there was one of them, but the way it acted, I just has some unanswered questions because I've been in the mountains a long time and this thing, you know, it acted, it had similarities of a person sitting in one spot for a long time, but it had, it just done things that, I mean, I, I've seen animals yawn. I've seen dogs yawn, this thing yawn. So that to me wasn't too bad, but when it yawned, it, it, it didn't lift its arms above its legs or anything like that. It just, it just reached back with a big old yawn. Like it'd been up all night because of the storm. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they don't sleep. I have no idea, but um, but, but it putting its finger in its mouth because something was in there. I've never seen any animal do that, or maybe a monkey will do that. I don't know. I've never, like never a gorilla, seen like a gorilla or something. Maybe. They'll take something, I think, and maybe make a twig or something. And but this thing had something lodged in its teeth, and I, and I think it was it bothered it, is what it was doing. It bothered it, and it was. It got to the point where it would take its finger and go in there and try to move it out or, or whatever it was trying to do. And to me, if it was if I was doing it, it's because I had a uh, eating popcorn and there was a kernel stuck back in there and I couldn't get the damn thing out. And so to me, that's what I was thinking when I seen it do that. It was had something like that lodged in there and it couldn't get it out. But that that great big feature of a mouth, I'm sure they're. You could pile a lot of food in there, but you'd have to, as big as that thing was. And the stomach on it was, I mean, you couldn't, uh, it had, it had so much hair, but it, it was, uh, it was huge. It, um, it didn't have breasts that I could see. And so it looked like a male to me, as far as I'm concerned. I seen the one on the Patterson Gimlin film. <clears throat> this one didn't have breast as far as i can tell um but it it was uh i can now are you just are you just saying that because your wife is listening and you don't want to get in trouble uh no (laughs) no i was gonna joke around about it but i thought i better not (laughs) don't want to get yelled at on the radio (laughs) (laughs) oh man but, well, I, so, so this, but this never, I mean, you guys went back up the next day, so this has never really stopped you from, from continuing to do um, what you've wanted to do as far as hunting then, huh? No, it is not because it, it didn't want to harm me. It just wanted to scare me and it wouldn't show me it's itself. It didn't want me to see it. And so I felt there, I felt like, okay, you don't want to show yourself. I've been standing here long enough because I did stand there long enough and waited for it to come at me. I, I, I stood up on a rock and I waited for it to come out in the open. I mean, I, I mean, it got to the point where I was late getting back to camp and my brothers were kind of like, well, where you been? And, and, uh, I said, well, have I got the story of all stories? And so that's when I sat down and told him a little bit. But um, 
anyway, it, I just stood there and waited for it to come out and it didn't want to. It just, I knew at that point that it did just didn't want me there. But I figured if I come back the next day with two more guys, that it wasn't going to be around. It, it probably seen us walking up the trail because that's the fastest way up to where I was at was taking a, a trail and it, it's a horse trail, you know, it isn't some kind of a trail where you, you might think you can drive a, a four wheeler up. You can't do that. It's, that's, it's, it's steep and, and treacherous and, um, nasty. And with the snow, you, know, you couldn't even take a motorcycle through there at that distance. So it's possible, but with a motorcycle, but yeah, we, and like I said, the, the trees were, where the limbs were busted. It didn't pick up anything and throw it at me. It didn't pick up rocks and throw because I, that never happened. It, and, and I don't know why. And so listening to all these other stories where people get rocks thrown at them, it makes me wonder that this thing wasn't trying to hurt me. It just didn't want me there. I think it knew at the one time that I was watching it. I think it, it, it probably realized that I was watching it. And when I come around, it wondered how I got so close to it and somehow it disappeared. And so that's what I believe inside, but I don't, I can't prove any of this. I can only tell you guys that that's how I feel. And, and, uh, I'm, pretty good on my feelings when it comes to things like that up the mountains and stuff. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of things. So, I mean, the only thing that I'm really scared of is a grizzly bear with cubs, a mountain lion that's really hungry. Uh, those are the things that, uh, I am scared of and those can all be prevented, but I got chased by a bear one time, a, a a black bear, and I didn't run. I just started barking like a dog because where I was at, a lot of hound hunters were up there, and they, when they hear the dogs barking, the bears turn and go the other way. And damned if that bear, he was within 30 yards, I started barking like a dog and acting like a dog. It knew I was a human. It had to have known, but it heard dogs barking. So it turned and went the other way. Um, so I felt that if I, if I stood my ground and waited for this thing to come to me, it would come. I mean, I, I didn't yell at it and I didn't point a gun at it. Um, cause I figured it knew what a gun was or it might know, uh, I didn't take the safety off. I didn't show aggression. I just turned around and, and said, like, here I am, come, you know, and it, it wouldn't do it. Uh, but then I've, I've heard so many other stories where people have, uh, have been afraid because they, they're more aggressive. Well, maybe this one wasn't as aggressive. Maybe it was just like, hey, it's getting to be the, the end of the year. You need to go home. This is my hunting area now. Leave. You know, that's kind of way I thought of it as through the years after all this. So and and then, you know, it's going back up there with my brothers. Um breaking tree limbs, 
that were up there, you know, it, we found those, we found those tree limbs and they, they, they looked at me like, boy, Dave, I don't know how you, I don't know how you did that. I don't know how you kept your cool. <laughs> I said, well, well I, I, I'm not look, putting a radio on the outside of my shirt from now on. Because <laughs> the, you know, the, what happened was is the clip, there's a clip. It was just an old Motorola uh, radio and the, the, I didn't have it clipped in all the way. And the minute I tried to jump the crick, it flopped right out and went right into the crick. So, you know, I, and I think I, I think I said something to you yesterday. That's that is a scene right out of a horror movie. That's how the person that gets that gets killed first. Yeah, gets killed first because they lose their way to communicate with everybody else. So, yeah, don't. Uh, yeah. Make sure that is uh, secure. But I, yes, you know, I, I, I just um, that and toilet paper are the most important things when you're up there on the hill. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, there's hunting tips 101 for everybody listening. <laughs> toilet paper, get <laughs> away to communicate. Uh, well, Dave, I, I am so glad that I came across your story and that you, uh, you know kind enough to come on and share it with everybody because i i'm telling you i this is one of the best like just sightings stories that i've heard and i and i think our fans and listeners are going to agree i mean i think you're going to blow them away so and i hope anybody out there listening that does know or, or has had an uh, experience in idaho like where you where did you say this you want to say again where exactly or about about where this took place so if anybody knows of any stories they can get a hold of us and and we can pass uh, them on to you well it would be uh it'd be the sawtooth mountains but uh i guess uh the beginning of the the boise river um i'm sure that that will uh let people know where i was at okay yeah i encourage anybody that has any any kind of experience in that area or knows of anybody that did, you know, get a hold of us so we can connect you with Dave. So he, uh, so he knows that uh, he's not alone because I'm sure there's other people that have, you know, like you have come, had experiences like this and, and, you know, didn't for whatever reason feel comfortable coming, coming forward and and telling them, but I'm glad you did because I think maybe it'll help. I hope so because I really hope so, and I thank you for letting me uh, talk and letting me be on here. No, it was it was definitely uh, definitely my pleasure, Dave. So I appreciate it, and you know, thanks again for uh, for coming on. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out <laughs> <laughs>
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.